0: Glory.
1: Welcome to Haber Bros, a podcast for historic, cross-centered Christians. We seek to provide ancient answers to a culture that's forgotten the questions. Thank you for listening this week. If you like what you're hearing or enjoy the show, please share it with a friend. Say positive things about us on Twitter and Facebook. If you haven't yet given us a five-star review, pause this recording and give us a five-star rating. Review us say lovely things about us. I love it when you do that. (laughs) Follow us on Twitter at ClergyLay and join our Facebook discussion group. I'm Kirk Haberman, a church musician, and this is my brother, Chris, a priest. Hey, Chris, how are you? Kirk, I'm great. Do you know that that's becoming a trope? Someone recently commented to me, they love when I ask you how you are, and you say with relish, "I'm great." Anyhow,
2: tell me yeah, how you're great. I, th- that is very <laughs> self-consciously. I know that's my thing. That's why I continue to do it. Why am <laughs> I great? Um, I don't know. Uh, we're here at midsummer. Um, there's a lot of exciting things to look forward to. Um, it's it's just been a really good summer here in South Dakota. That is great. I, uh, uh... I Isaac is doing swimming lessons and he is thriving. It's fun to see him. Him. Uh, Improve a little bit each time, and so um, I guess I'm basking in the glow of that. Bask, bask away. No, no, I'm saying I have been basking in the. Glow. I know, I know. But it's great. But I cut you off. You didn't cut me off. I was going to say, say something. I was going to say.
1: I was going to tell you that if you're enjoying summer, you've got more coming. <laughs> I uh, I saw like a 30 second video on the Weather Channel, which obviously makes it true and foreordained before the foundations of the earth were laid. That, um. The upper Midwest will have a warmer than typical autumn.
2: Ooh, okay. We will not in the mid-that is, region, but that is welcome. Uh, the fall is falls, autumn is my favorite season. Um, it's beautiful, I, I love it. It, it, um, we have n- nice, cool, and crisp mornings, uh, but then it warms up, it but it cools off by the evening. Um, uh, and and usually, um, there are you know by October, uh, there are no bugs or fewer bugs. And, um, so it's just a fantastic season where the summers can be pretty oppressive. Um, <laughs> it was, I don't know if I told the story on the podcast or not, but like, there was a Sunday recently where, uh, it was like 5.00 PM Meg goes and sits out back, um, in the shade and she's like, Hey, you should come out here. And I'm just like, in my mind thinking, I don't want to go outside. It sucks. Like it's, it's hot. Um, and we went outside and it was like, wow, this is actually quite pleasant. Um, you know, a a surprise that being outdoors was actually pleasant. We had a low of 52 degrees last night. And
1: in anticipation of that, I did the thing that I love to do, but rarely get to do in the summer, which is open up at night. Um, when we grew up in Northern Minnesota, Christopher, (laughs) you and I, we love, it was great opening up because it would routinely get down into the fifties. Yeah. Um, on summer evenings. Yep. Um, and it got down into the low fifties. And so, um, about seven 30 last night, I set up the tent in the backyard, which is the oh, first cool. time I set up the tent. And, uh, do you remember from last year, what happened to our tent? No. Our otherwise highly intelligent dog Iris oh, did a strange. very dog thing, um, and panicked and leapt in a beautiful, elegant mathematical parabola through the side wall. <laughs> it just ripped the tent open. And uh, so we had ordered tent tape, which is a thing. And it sat on our shelf beside our tent in the garage all winter. And so I taped it. There's still a bit of a mystery to it because I taped it and I thought I had taped it like B plus, maybe B quality job. Um, but, but probably 95% of the rain, if it were to ever rain on the tent, wouldn't come in through there. Uh, and then this morning Daphne comes in and uh, she's five. and uh, I don't know that we'll ever find out what happened. She mm. blamed it on Iris. Iris can't defend herself. Yeah, it's, it's nice did. to have a scapegoat like that can't speak, but the hole was ripped back open. Mm. So, so I tried to retape it. but you know once you use that tape once, and it's, and it's ripped off and it's retaped. taped it's, it's never quite as good. Now we're planning on, um, on going to state parks here um, in August once baseball season is over. So I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see, but it was nice and cold. Um, and uh, so we, we put our, our children's uh, new sleeping bags through the paces. Um, and I guess they can withstand 52 degree evenings. Uh, there were no complaints. So that's good. Uh, I have a lawnmower update. Let's hear it. Uh I did, did did I did I tell you that I had ripped apart the mower and uh, replaced the belt? Did I say that? I forget what I said.
2: Uh you did not. You, you you said you suspected it was the belt.
1: It okay. Yeah, okay. So I picked up a new belt at Tractor Supply. I uh, I, I, I took the mower apart, I put the belt on, I went to pull um the uh, the cord. And it wouldn't even pull, like the flywheel wouldn't even spin. So I'd, I'd, I'd put the belt on wrong, <laughs> like it wouldn't even move. So, but round two, I rip it all apart. I have a theory about what I, what I did wrong. And my theory was correct. There was, uh, there, there, there was one, um, one bolt that I put in the wrong spot and I put it in the right spot and it powered up. And uh, uh, if, if you could see right now, my front Mon. It it has nice, lovely, elegant geometric patterns in the way I like it, so it looks great. Um, the Facebook Marketplace mower is is up and running, and get this, I set my old mower, the one that had the engine that blew up, I set it out on my street corner, and uh, a FedEx driver came by and yelled at me. No, I'm kidding.
2: I was I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna say we haven't. It's been. I was gonna been... say that. It's yeah. been too
1: long since we've had uh, some good FedEx driver talk here, so I'll have to have to come up with some FedEx driver talk here. Um, here, let me, let me. So this is what actually happened. Um, so I got a I, my doorbell rang, and a guy wearing um, a, a, ta- a township township supervisor shirt says, "Is that your mower there? Is that is that uh, is that just for the taking? Is it free?" And I'm like, "Did I do a wrong thing? Am I not permitted to leave stuff on?" um, on the side of the road and i was like uh yeah he's like does it work i said well i'm not i don't know anything about small engines and it made this bang and there was a puff of smoke and like oil splattered everywhere so i just figured i'd get a new one and he's like okay sounds good to me and he took it so i didn't even have to find a place for it all the pieces
2: have fallen into place
1: old mower gone new mower here
2: you should play the lottery (laughs) things are kind of things are kind of working out for you
1: I mean, I replaced the belt, so I don't, I don't, I don't know how fortuitous that is, but
2: hey, I mean, things things are looking up.
1: Things are looking up. Can you yeah. can you make a transition with that statement? Things are looking up. Um, th- I mean, it's it's better than drowning.
2: <laughs> I don't know that that's a transition. Much like the disciples looked up and saw Jesus walking on water. Most excellent. 한글자막 by Today's gospel reading comes from Mark, chapter 6, verses 45 through 52. Immediately, he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up on a mountain to pray. When evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So Kirk, uh, we have talked about some of Mark's themes and Mark's kind of narrative style. And one of the things that is characteristic of Mark is this word immediately. Yes.
0: <laughs> and uh, it,
2: it. Does, it does sort of tie events together to indicate that this did happen like right after the previous thing. Um, and, uh, so he makes the disciples get in the boat and cross while well, um, he dismissed the crowd. And uh, so this is after the feeding uh, of the 5,000 and uh, what does he do? But he goes up to the mountain to pray. So we, we have a lot to learn from Jesus. And one of those things that, that uh, we ought to learn from his example is the importance of his prayer life and just how much he relied on the father So even though he is God incarnate, even though he's the second person of the Trinity, uh, he relied on um, praying to God, his father. And uh, this is something that that we should take note of and learn from, you know, the disciples ask Jesus in earlier in the book of Matthew teaches to pray. And that's what he teaches them in the book in in this gospel. It's not until later uh, until he's headed towards Jerusalem that, that he uh, teaches them to pray. Um, But, but, prayer as a theme is is a huge theme in in each of the gospels and uh this passage it's short it's simple right uh they're in a boat it's just the beauty of mark right yeah they're they're in a boat there's they're making painful headway and uh it's kind of stormy and he walks on the sea before them and hey yeah can i
1: ask you a dumb question Please. Um, were they were they on the east side of the sea of galilee they uh, were right because they had been
2: at um, i believe so i, I believe they went uh, west to east um to to be fed <laughs> uh and then are, are and then they're back heading west. back west
1: and the prevailing wind the prevailing wind would be the west wind right in, sure. in the mediterranean this is not the mediterranean I'm saying on the Eastern end of the Mediterranean. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. I'm just, I'm just just trying to picture this in my head. Gotcha. Like they're heading back to Galilee, correct?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: All right.
2: Yeah. And, uh, but, but the big theme here, uh, that Mark is conveying is the divinity of Christ. So, uh, wait, I
1: thought Mark's gospel never calls Christ God.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, both the walking on the sea part uh, throughout the old testament we see god god so d- like yahweh we see him walking on or through the waves this is in uh, tw- two different times in job in job chapter 9 verse 8 in job chapter 38 verse 16 but then we see it also in isaiah chapter 43:16 and psalm 77 verse 19 uh, we see that this is like a sign of divinity uh, that, that it is god who walks on the sea and uh, who else could besides God, right? Um, just as who, who else could forgive sins. Um, and then uh, when we see he meant to pass by them, this language sounds really similar to Exodus 33, right? Uh, this time when, when Moses asks to see the Lord's glory. Show me your glory, Moses said. Uh, and I'm just going to read a couple of verses here. And God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, you cannot see my face for man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there's a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. So this brings to mind this um, passing by uh, of when God passed by uh, Moses. And then what is the name that God told Moses? He said, I am, right? And so in Mm. the book of John, we have these series of I am statements. uh, And uh, Mark doesn't necessarily have those, the series of them. However... (laughs) Uh, I don't like this translation in in verse 50 where it says, It is I. Hmm. The Greek words that Jesus uses are the same ones he uses in John. He's saying this, this, this ego, a me. I am. (laughs) That's what Jesus is saying. Oh, interesting. Same words. Yeah. I am. Take heart. I am. Do not be afraid. And then, of course, when he gets in the boat, the wind ceases. And so it's, it's just much like him uh, falling asleep in the boat and, and commanding the, the, the wind and the waves. Um, he's able to calm this again. And uh, and yet uh, a- another theme here is is the disciples not understanding. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they just witnessed him multiplying loaves and fish, um, but they did not understand for their hearts were hardened. And so each interpreter has kind of their own explanation for, for this. Um, many talk about uh, how we shouldn't be too hard on the disciples after all, like we have seen the big picture and they have not yet seen the resurrection yet. Um, and so they're kind of groping around in the darkness and, and being a, a uh, monotheistic faith Judaism to, for, for them to grasp the idea of Jesus as God is, is a really, really difficult thing. Um, the it wasn't a given that the Messiah um, that the Christ would be divine, uh, you know. The, the you know the, they had more of a Davidic sense uh, of, of this of this king who would come and 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 uh, bring kind of earthly uh, riches and defeat of the Romans and such. So uh, it's, it's just part of uh, the disciples um, continuing to not understand. And so uh, I don't think that the the purpose of this is uh, to consider these disciples particularly unintelligent but to but possibly just to to understand how we are grasping in the darkness sometimes even though we have the whole of god's revelation um sometimes we are hard of heart and it takes us um time and prayer and, and the work of the holy spirit to bring us to understanding and uh to maturity and with that i turn it over to you Yeah. Okay. So question, question.
1: (laughs) What is, uh, what is meant by, um, the end of verse
2: 48,
1: he meant to pass by them.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) that's so interesting. Simply an allusion to Exodus 33, but I mean, uh, it also very well could be just, uh, one, one of the scholars points to, um, just the, the, the Greek usage there that, that we shouldn't take too much from that, that like he was just going to walk beside them. Um, like that he was, that he was headed towards them. It's it's showing the direction that he was okay, okay, walking okay. towards them. Yeah. Okay.
1: Because uh, it, the, the contrast that leapt to my mind was with the, um, the road to Emmaus in you. Uh, mm. he, he,
2: he, he pretended like he was going to walk. Yes.
1: It's like sure. the opposite, right? Yeah. Like um, in Luke's account of the resurrection, he made quote, he made as though he would have gone further, right? So like yeah. he, he's sort of play acting there, like ah, oh, I'm gonna keep going. Aren't you gonna ask me? Okay, thanks for yeah. You know what? I will have dinner with you. But this sounds sort of sort of sounds like the opposite. Like ah, oh, dang it, they saw me. Okay, fine. Yeah, cricket very well
2: <laughs> could be that. That like it, it's not until they like cry out that he responds, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's just, that's just really interesting
1: And that. um, I mean, if, if, if that sense of it is correct, it, um, it would sort of fit in with one of the theories that I've seen of, of Mark's account is um, Jesus as the, um, the action hero, right? Like he's a man with a plan, he's going somewhere, right? And, um, but, but, but someone, but someone calls out hey, Superman, help us. And he's like, well, I was going over there, but okay, fine, I'll help you here. Yeah, that's not, that's not to trivialize, but, but, but does that make sense? It, it, it would sort of fit in with kind of the, um, the divine action hero, like the urgent, there's the urgency, right? The, the pericope opens with immediately, right? There's that. Um, I, as is, here's another trope, or maybe it's becoming a trope, as is my want. I've been loving the pairing of psalm and gospel recently. Uh, Christopher, um, the psalm that's appointed for this coming Sunday is Psalm 114, which is such a great psalm. I mean, it's such an interesting pairing. And it teases out of the gospel a theme um, that's there. And and yet I wouldn't have kind of um, said, aha, that is the theme of, of this passage of Jesus walking in the water. Um, So Psalm 114 is um, when Israel came out of Egypt in the house of Jacob from among a people of a foreign tongue. Judah was his sanctuary and Israel his dominion. The sea beheld it and fled. So there's the first allusion. The sea beheld it and fled. Jordan was driven back. And I love these verses, Christopher. The mountains skipped like rams and the little hills like young sheep. What ailed you, O sea, that you fled? O Jordan, that you were driven back? You mountains that you skipped like rams, and you little hills like young sheep, tremble, O oh earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob. I'm just going to stop here. There's one more verse, but I want to stop here and point out. Christopher, have you ever heard any settings, musical settings of this psalm? Um, so uh, None that I can recall. Um, perhaps I'll find it. Um, several settings of Anglican chant um, at that verse tremble earth at the Mm. presence of the lord um suddenly it's this thunderous uh there's like you know if you have a 32 foot pedal or a 64 foot pedal in the base um the organist will press that um there's a sense of it's it's great um and then verse eight who turned the hard rock into a pool of water and the flint stone into a spring springing well that's a, um, a reference to the waters of meribah in exodus um but what's the theme here Christopher, the theme, it's not just superficially like, ah, oh, the gospel talks about sea and Psalm 114 talks about sea. To me, it's obvious. All creation responds to him and, and, and responds in joy and, and in giving life and preserving life, in joy, in dancing, um, in trembling worship. And, and, and so, of course, um, when the voice the, that spoke all um, the Sea of Galilee into being, right? All waters into being. Um, the voice that separated land and sea, day and night. Um, when, that, when, when that voice is embodied, incarnate in human flesh, um, of course, that vo- um, the water would buoy up that voice, mm. would carry that voice. Um, and, and sometimes, as a kid, uh, what um, captivated me about this passage was the fear, right? It's, you know, whatever, what's the what's the watch? What watch is this? The fourth watch, which fourth is watch. between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., right? So it's super late. They shouldn't be out there. They should have made it already. Um, you know, they're, they're stuck. It's a storm. They're scared. He's walking on water. It's really weird. Um, and that was very striking to me as a kid. Um, but I love this psalms pairing. Instead, it's look at how creation submits to him. And responds mm. to him in joy, and in and in life-preserving joy. Right? No mm. one dies. No one's harmed um, because um, the great I am. Right. The, what what is what is the Greek word? The Greek phrase. The ego and me. Yeah. Yep. Is is there? Is there? And of course, so um, the sea isn't then a source of danger when he's there. Mm. Um, it, it is safe.
2: So. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and it's just beautiful poetry of of um, the sea beheld and fled, of, of yes.
0: like
2: <laughs> receding um, at, at God's command to mm-hmm. walk on dry land. But then to, re- to, to read the final verse of Psalm 114, yes. um, not only did, did, did the sea, uh, did the waters part, but um, verse 8, who turned the hard rock into a pool yes. of water flintstone into a springy well so in the wilderness where there was no water god brought forth water and as the apostle paul said and christ was the rock yeah yeah, yeah. that this rock that, that that brought forth water in in a place where there was no water was in fact christ providing for them
1: yeah and i don't know you know where everyone who's listening to this i don't know where you live um Lots of places in the Midwest and the West right now are dealing with drought and forest fire. Um, I live in a place that's essentially a rainforest, <laughs> Western Pennsylvania. I mean, it, everything is lush and there's greenery everywhere. So perhaps the power of this metaphor sometimes is lost on me. Mm. Um, but water is a metaphor for life, giving, um, life sustaining, and life giving, and a, a divine gift. Um, it, it's very real and powerful to, to people living in the Mediterranean rim. And, and maybe, you know, if you're, if you're in, um, you know, uh, Idaho or, or Portland right now, or, or you know, our father in Northern Minnesota, right. Um, the Boundary Waters canoe area is burning. <laughs> so, I mean, there are a lot, lots of part of the United parts of the United States are burning. And so it's maybe this is a all, all over again, once again, a powerful metaphor for, for God is life and he's the living water. And, um, you know, uh, he turns the hard rock into a pool of mm. water um that is that is lovely um but christopher do you have do you have any other thoughts on this matter i don't yeah um i guess i'll uh, i will try i'm gonna write this down right now i will try to um put in a uh, recording mm. of this because it's 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 lovely i do love the image of uh, a skipping like rams yeah and isn't little, that great little hills like 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 young sheep um, Kirk, be
2: careful. I'm, I'm glad you're writing this down because you should be careful what you promise. Uh, you
1: yes, pro- I didn't. What did I not deliver on last time?
2: Uh, of uh, the, You said you're going to include George reciting the general Thanksgiving. Oh, you, you know what not. happened
1: with that? I will tell you what happened with that. The recording I had of that. Do you remember where we took that recording? And we were taking a midday break that day we went canoeing and we had had lunch on that island in the middle of Lake One. Do you remember that? Yeah. And I'm like, and and he, I was like, Christopher, watch this. And I pressed record. I only pressed record in my memory. I didn't actually <laughs> record it. So, I like okay. I like a moron. I held up my camera to him and my phone yeah. to him, and it was recording nothing. So. That's
2: that's funny. <laughs> okay, Kirk, shall we? Uh, shall we transition? Yes. Transition. Culture round. Today's culture topic, uh, we are skipping theology uh, because we want our podcast to be digestible, to not be a three-hour long extravaganza. Uh, So so we're going to jump straight to culture. And in this culture segment, uh, we will hopefully talk about two uh, fairly new pop culture uh, offerings that are available to you. And the first is the new Marvel... Sorry, new MCU Marvel Cinematic Universe entry, the latest one, Black Widow. Black Widow is a a film uh, uh, starring Scarlett Johansson uh, about her character, <laughs> the titular character, Black Widow. Um, but uh, for anyone who has any familiarity yes. with the MCU, uh, wait, I thought that she was dead. He died in <laughs> uh, in Avengers Endgame, um, so. Chronologically, this movie takes place between uh, Captain America: Civil War and Avengers: Infinity War. So, uh, we uh, open the movie with a uh, major uh, flashback, way back to the 90s when Black Widow was a child. Um, and it's not clear; this is not necessarily made clear right away. Uh, you just see these kids playing in Ohio, and we're told it's the 90s, some year in was it like 95 or something? 1995. In Ohio. And it's, it's, uh, I've not seen the Americans, but it's like a scene from the Americans where there's this Soviet family, uh, living in Ohio, stealing secrets, um, as spies. Um, and, uh, we have this, uh, family, which we learn later in the movie, um, is in fact not a family, but just four random people that the, that this nameless faceless, uh, Soviet system, uh, put together for the sake of this one operation after this operation um the kids are ripped from from this domestic uh bliss um and uh what happens in fact to uh natasha romanov's sister um, slash not sister is that she is um what's the word (laughs) that's like What's the word I'm looking for, Kirk? Um like what is it that the guy does to his widows? Like he basically Oh they, he, repro- I, he, he brainwashes control. them. He brainwashes yeah, he them. Brainwash. Yes. uh like <laughs> elite killing machines. I'm sorry I couldn't uh,
1: save you from momentary aphasia. <laughs>
2: I, sorry. I was like, what what do you like brainwash like they um for decades of her life, she was not her own. Um, Natasha, of course, was able to defect and get out and get to the west and um, become a hero. So Kirk, um I know there are a bunch of themes that really intrigue you uh, with yes. this movie. so where where shall we start? Okay, well, first of all, um I was just
1: struck by um the obvious Cold War nostalgia. Mm. So um we see early on in a scene when Black Widow kind of escapes and she's going off the grid, right? And she's in this trailer in Norway, huh. not even electricity. Right. Um, and so she's running, running off a generator, a gas generator. And what is she watching on her laptop? Do you remember this? Uh, and she I knows should, I, all the lines to it.
2: Yeah, I should know this. What, what is it?
1: It's a James Bond movie.
2: That's right. Yeah, it's so a kind of winky winky. Yeah, because like, yeah. Cause in essence, like, like Black Widow, like this movie is like <laughs> a spy movie. It's kind of a James Bond esque movie, right? With, with a Bond esque villain, right? Yes, absolutely,
1: yeah. absolutely. Yeah. The villain is totally a Bond, a Bond esque villain. Um, so what this villain, this villain, this villain, uh, lives in something called the Red Room, which no one can find because it turns out, well, the Red Room isn't anywhere on Earth, right?
2: It's, it's in the
1: sky. It's hovering kind of station up in the sky, right? And I forget what his name is. It's something delightfully Russian. Yeah. Um, like Dmitri or Ale- Alexei or something. Anyhow, that's not important. Um, but you're right. He is a Bond villain, a total Bond villain, right? Yeah. I'm um, kind of yeah. this creepy collector of... Of uh, orphaned girls that that reprograms them into killers that that, that do
2: his bidding and and can't uh, Kirk, help but do his they're, bidding. They're not necessarily orphaned girls. Like he makes them orphans. Like okay. <laughs> uh, okay, Natasha always thought she was an orphan, but like turns out she was like ripped from her parents and and like her yeah. mom uh, like tried to find her.
1: Yeah. So anyhow, yeah. um, I just I had this aha moment, uh, this epiphany, that 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 what was making this movie more fun. Uh, this movie was more fun than I thought it was going to be. More fun than it ought to have been. Um, I was taken my children just because it was our f- a chance to take them back to the theater after kind of everything has reopened, and uh, and it's what what it was a logical movie to take them to, right? The next yes. like, M- MCU ten point yeah. movie, right? And then I found myself having fun, and I was having fun because the movie. Um, was was doing all it could to ape the best of Cold War spy nostalgia, right? And it it wasn't even trying to hide it. It just kind of, the cards were on the table and it's fine, right? That is a fun genre. And we haven't, it it occurred to me, we haven't found anything to replace the genre, right? Um, I remember some of the James Bond movies post-Cold War (laughs) in the nineties and they still, they just had Russian mobsters. Yeah. Right. Because the accent's great. Um, actors love um, thick Russian accents, um, and our actors here um, really had enormous amounts of fun doing that. Um, uh, the guy, uh, the guy who played Red Guardian, the the the, the pseudo father to the daughters. Um, his name is David Harbour. You you know him as Hopper from Stranger Things, really hams up the whole Russian bit, right? Doesn't he? Oh, and yeah. initially the mother, Rachel Weiss, who was great as well, um and had had she she I guess you couldn't say she had fun because her character is supposed to be more tightly wound, but yeah. but like she's great. Um initially I was like, what wh- why is where's her Russian accent? Well, it turns out she's just a consummate professional. She does she's an English actor doing an american accent and then later when it's revealed that she is actually russian then she like has full fun with russian accent um and so uh it, it was just great that uh, the actors had fun with that it's interesting christopher off the top of your head does scarlett johansson ever pull out a fun thick dripping russian accent you're saying in any of the movies or in this one in this one no I, she doesn't and I don't know why. I haven't looked that up. I'm sure yeah. somebody's scratched their head about that. Um, so so there's that uh, the sister, uh, who's uh, that, that actress? Her name is Florence me.
2: Pugh. Yes, I think Florence you Pugh
1: name. was yeah. great, and she too, she um, she's kind of less having fun, but she's kind of more simmering with anger and rage, and um. She, she's got this thing where uh, she realizes her parents were fake and they never loved her and they were just Russian spies and she hates them for it but she really wishes that they would have been parents and it all leads Christopher to this great, actually let's get to that in a moment, let me let me okay. kind of wrap up the Cold War stuff <laughs> so uh, the other thing about the Cold War Christopher that occurred to me um, the best of American pop culture and British pop culture um, that that, that, that uh, because I guess James Bond, the Ian Fleming novels were British novels, really plays on this Athens Sparta contrast during the Cold War, wouldn't you say? Right? Like uh, the United States is Athens. So we're a democracy. We're probably a little too indulgent. We're morally lax. Um, uh, and, and uh, but, but, we're which, was more a, which was a
2: criticism from them is that like we <laughs> yeah. are like decadent. Capitalists, yeah. Yeah yeah, you know? yeah. yeah.
1: And, and, and Sparta, um, there, there's no decadence there. Right. No uh you you have you have one job and you adhere to the the the, the pure ethic um the warrior ethic there's there's um, a real asceticism um both in the soviet union and in sparta um like the the importance of the family is diminished it's all about that's the... right yeah. that's right the family is subservient and can be broken down and kind of replaced in in kind of uh, movable parts movable pieces right um your loyalty isn't to these kind of little tribes, these little families, but to the, the, the greater good. Um, and, and so uh, writers had enormous fun and there was a lot to kind of draw on when you did when you made a James Bond movie or any other Cold War movie or wrote a novel. Um, and, and you see that here as well, right? So, um, and this is where I think we can talk about kind of the family stuff. Uh, the family in Ohio turns out to be a total sham and a Western indulgence, right? Like only lax Westerners indulge mm. in sentimentality yeah. and um, kind of you know familial love and all that sappy stuff, right? <laughs> um, they even have a lovely kind of iconic Norman Rockwell family dinner at the very beginning, yeah. that gets broken up immediately. And um, Black Widow, uh, the uh, I forget her, uh, her, her her Natasha, you can you you watch it on um, the the girl Natasha's face. And she she can tell that this isn't going to last, and and there's just grief and resentment intermingled on in her face as it's about to get broken up, and and they have to leave because they got a spy thing they got to do, and they yeah. abandon their home, right? Um, and that really kind of sets up the contrast, right? We see later there's a reunion, once the the, the adult daughters Natasha and Elena, uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson and Pew Lawrence, yeah, Florence Pew. <laughs> Um, they get together with Rachel Weiss and David Harbor and they, they it's there's this kind of odd symmetry <laughs> Now that they're all adults, they're reenacting the initial family dinner, but it's funny and it's tense and everyone hates everyone. And there's this humorous nature, right? Christopher, the uh, the mother and the father, Rachel Weiss and David Harbor, are actually treating it like a family reunion. They're like, mm. hey, how you been as like their mouth is half full with like, potato salad or whatever or like fried chicken and the daughters are looking at them in anger and disbelief like don't pretend like we're just picking up where we left off
2: (laughs) like we were little girls when you left us
1: yeah and by that point like
2: the american accents are gone
1: so like it's comical because they're in thick russian accents and uh and maybe this is a well i'll talk about david harbour in a moment but um, it's interesting that the writers, they have fun with this, but there's a real theme there, which is like the natural human yearning for family, right? Mm. For, yeah. uh, for a real mother and a real father, for sisterhood. Um, and there is, there is a real moment of sisterhood at the end that's, I think, well-earned and heartfelt um, on the ground after, after the crash, right? There's, there's a full-on embrace, like a tearful embrace. The camera zooms in on maybe one or both of their tears kind of flowing down their cheeks and you can see kind of the muscles like they're, they're it's like the embrace is very firm their arms mm-hmm. are clenched. I thought that was really well earned, didn't you? Because yeah. um, I mean, we see early on the sisters are fighting and it's sort of an alliance of convenience. They like they have somewhat overlapping goals, right? But in the end they both realize that um, they, they, they wanted a sister. They wanted it to be real, right? So I thought that was great. Um, but also <laughs> the fatherhood stuff is just hilarious, right? So David Harbour um, n- never wanted, like he hated that he was assigned, quote, daughters, unquote, right? Mm. Mm.
0: <laughs>
1: and they were just an inconvenience and he had to play dad instead of getting to be Red Guardian, which is this comic ersatz, soviet counter to captain america right
0: yeah like
1: even the suit sort of looks like captain america the hat all that stuff and he has the same powers right like presumably he's he's been given the same injections yeah so he's except super now, soldier
2: super strong
1: yeah, yeah he's a super soldier right except now like just before that that family dinner right he's uh he there's this comical scene where he's trying to fit into his old suit and like yeah. the- uh, Reminiscent the mother-
2: of the Incredibles, right? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And the mother and the daughter are sitting in the dining room. They can hear him like grunting and like struggling and leather stretching right, as he's trying to fit into the suit. Um, and, and he comes out, but like every time the daughters think he's going to say something about missing them, he he says something t- completely narcissistic and self-centered, right? Mm. Like at one point he asks them, um, so, was uh, Steve, you know, was he like all jealous of me? <laughs> and th- doesn't he, like she like punch him? Like, this is your question after 20 years.
2: <laughs> yeah, he has this non, non, it's like a one way rivalry. Like, he's like, Steve, like, Captain America's my <laughs> rival. And Captain America's like, I'm sorry, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Um, I'm, I'm trying to think, Christopher, were there any other um, kind of humorous examples of um, him, him sort, of, sort of appearing to hold out um, some sort of fatherly affirmation, and then it turns out it's not about that at all? I'm, I'm trying to think.
2: I... Uh, none that I can recall. I, um, that's certainly a theme, but I, I can't.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Do you remember um, at, the, at the table, uh, Natasha says something like, here's what's going to happen. And um, Melina, Rachel Weisz's character, the mom, says, "Natasha, don't slouch," <laughs> and she's yes. like, "I'm not slouching. You're going to get the back hunch." And then Alexi's like, "Listen to your mother," and she's like, "Oh my god, this up, up," he says, and Natasha's like, "All right, enough, all of you," <laughs> like this, this um, play acting of kind of family stuff where you know, mom says slouch and this stop slouching, and dad says, you know, listen to your mother. And she's like, I can't believe we're actually having this conversation. That was great. But my favorite of all of these conversations was uh, Florence Pugh's character blows up and walks out and says, I hate all of you. Like I'm going to my bedroom. And do you remember, um, Alexi says, um, wait, I will go talk to her. And do you remember the story he tells? No. Oh my gosh. This is the best. Uh, so he, he's, um, he wants that, he thinks he's gonna like say something meaningful about fathers, right? So he's like, my father, I have memories of him fishing. <laughs> uh, we were on fishing trip in Siberia and I, I fall, we are ice fishing and I fall into river, you know, frostbite set in fast. So my father, he take my hands and go bathroom on my hands. <laughs> and she's like oh my god what he's like i'm just saying you know fathers and he just trails off like he doesn't even know how to have like a like land a plane with a fatherly story that like is folksy and um sort of makes you feel like you're wanted or loved it's just like this weird awkward story about like his dad peeing on his hands yeah 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 so That's it fine, was, yeah. um, I, I guess I would say this in the end, Christopher, and I, I realize I've done all the talking and I'm sorry about that. Um, I don't even know if the movie was good. Mm. It just was fun in front of a really, really big screen with really loud explosions. And uh, and like in the, uh, uh, at the theaters, like a run-of-the-mill car chase is suddenly really fun. Like that car chase where the tank is chasing them and blows them up and they flip upside down and they slide upside down into the subway. Like that was super fun. That was really creative and cool. So.
2: Yeah, Kirk, it was, I was determined to see this in the theater because, uh, listeners may or may not know that, that this was available on Disney plus for, for a fee. So, so this is something you could either watch in the theater or, um, at home. And we have done several of those uh, movies, uh, at home, that that were also released in the theater, and we were just determined to to get back in the theater and to watch it on the big screen, to, to feel feel the sound of the big speakers. And uh, Kirk, that was fantastic to to just oh, have yeah. that experience be back. And uh, I mean, this pandemic's been long and and uh, terrible in, in so many ways, and so that just that sense of of feeling like we get another normal thing back felt felt great. Um, I also, Kirk, I liked. Um, uh, the final act of the movie, I like yes. how um, Natasha didn't necessarily uh, overpower um, him. That's physically. right. Physically, in fact, she was. Um, we're, we're, we're obviously giving some spoilers, but to avoid giving all the spoilers, like um, she was kept from physically harming him, and his name was Dreikov, uh, <laughs> kind of like kind of generic Russian right. sound name, Um she was kept from harming him, but so she had to use her wits to kind of trick him into revealing um, the plan and like, and all the stuff that, that, that she was able to use by uh, using her intelligence to thwart him um, to uh, shut down the, the widow's program and free these widows from uh, his mind control. So I thought that was, that was uh, well done. Hey, what do you think of, um, are, are you generally a fan or do
1: you uh, frown on um, when writers break the fourth wall? Do you know the Do you know the trope
2: that I'm talking about here? I know what breaking the fourth wall is. Which when did this happen in the in the movie? Okay, I, so I can't remember it. N- um, oh, are you talking about like uh, Florence Pugh, like making yes. fun of her hair flip, making fun of her landing and her hair yeah. flip?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I they didn't not, overdo it. They only uh, like they went went to that well twice. So I thought that was. And funny. Then,
2: and then later, <laughs> yeah, she does it. And, Why and you, you always know. do this thing when you land,
1: and then you flip your hair?
2: Yeah, that was good. That was good. Which yeah, this is a little wink. I like it. Yeah. Not too much. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So Kirk, um, shall we uh move on to our, our next culture topic or are we do, do we have time? Yeah, oh definitely, definitely okay. we can do it. Let's should we take a trip to Pennsylvania? Let's let's take a trip to Pennsylvania. <laughs> that was a terrible accent. Um But Kirk We should have with, your wife on the show to do this one. Yes. Yeah, the first time they said <laughs> water on the <laughs> yes. show, I was like, man. Yes. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>, speaking <laughs> of fun with accents,
1: they had fun with the with this. One. Oh, Go they ahead. for sure did.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's, for anyone who doesn't know, my, my wife is from uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, uh, which is near where where uh, the um, Mayor of Easttown uh, takes place. So we're going to talk today about Mayor of Easttown, uh, a an HBO series that debuted uh, this April um, and concluded at the, at the end of May. Um, it's just a limited series, just one season, seven episodes. Um, and it's uh it it, um, it stars Kate Winslet as this character Mare, um uh, short for is it Marianne or something is that her name are we ever told at one point they the, her mother calls her by her full name and uh, I don't remember uh, it was like Marianne or something like that so um she is a a uh, homicide detective in uh, I looked in the Wikipedia and it calls it a suburb of of philadelphia i sensed yeah. it was more like allentown area like
1: i that's where i was picturing it just by all the kind of iconic shots of like bridges and row houses and stuff yeah but we it is the- um Poconos. It, it's actually uh the filming of it was in a suburb about five miles okay um southeast because they were uh, on the delaware and you can christopher do you remember there are a bunch of shots along the delaware river
2: as mm-hmm. well Yep. And you see, so, yeah, kind of the older, older bridges and, yep. and uh, I mean, there are uh, series that you see or books that you read of kind of a town that, um, you know, Rust Belt town or whatever that's seen better days um, where everyone just feels a little bit cursed. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of like East town is that um, mayor's uh, kind of the, the uh, she kind of peaked in high school when she hit Yep. <laughs> she hit the, the, the winning shot uh, to, to win the state championship uh, 25 years ago, and um, they still remember her for that. Uh, and um, that's like the only good thing that's ever happened in town is that when they won that championship 25 years ago. Uh, and, and she's a detective who has kind of this cloud um, over her because uh, wasn't one of her, her friends from the basketball team? Uh, her daughter um was abducted uh, what yep. disappeared and and a uh, mayor was unable to solve that case and that dog um, and
1: that 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 friend has cancer hmm. and then comes to hate mayor and resent mayor and raise raise a huge public stink asking right. for like mayor's incompetence to be well accounted for yeah
2: yeah, yeah. so a, a very difficult thing uh, like a friend who's like going after your job out of her grief at losing. Then there's another um, friend
1: on that basketball team whose brother is a heroin addict. Who's constantly mm, stealing from everyone,
2: right? The yeah. friend from Mayor, from everyone. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll probably get into spoilers here. So if you want to watch the show, which we would recommend, um, uh, just, yeah, hit pause. Cause, cause, uh, we're, we're going to get into to spoilers as we discover more about mayor as the series goes on. Um, we find out that that uh slowly they do a really good job of slowly giving you the information so Mm -hmm. like we see her living with a a a four year four or five year old boy who is it's clearly not hers but it's like whose is this and you find out that she has a, a, a dead son a son who who um died of suicide um and so she's grieving that and um, and that led to the end of her marriage and her ex-husband lives right next to her. Um, and so she has all these reminders around her of, of, of pain and sorrow uh, as she, um, and so she's in a custody battle uh, trying to, to, to keep her son. Um, she's, the custody battle is, is with the mother of the son who is, is a, an addict. So it's, um, there's a lot of pain in her life.
1: Yep. Yeah. And, and um, Kate Winslet, who plays Town, Vistown, uh, she does a great job of just looking world-weary. Yeah, um, she's yeah. cynical. Um, she speaks kind of in short, snappish sentences. <laughs> um, cynical, sarcastic. She's constantly turning her back when she's outside, turning her back on people and furtively puffing on a... Um, what's that called? Vape. Vape, yep. Put, yeah. Like furtively vaping. It's kind of like her vice. Um, there's a lot of lot like the, these families are. All these families are kind of like heavy drinking working class families. A lot of empty Yingling bottles lying around, <laughs> which if you're uh, if you've ever spent time in Pennsylvania, that that makes you feel right at home there. <laughs> um, but we the core the core story is um, there are a couple of unsolved cases that are that are haunting her um and maybe kind of dogging her reputation a little bit. And um and and it it there they're there they're these what teenage girls first one, then two, then three, then four as we go through the episodes. And uh and 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 we begin to wonder whether there's a pattern, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Um and and you get the sense that Mir was always pretty good at what she's uh, pretty good for a kind of a suburban investigator. Mm-hmm. And um and and suddenly she's not. And that's frustrating to her as well. Um, uh, one of the things that I loved about this is um, it's not an action. Uh, I, I love. I right. mean We just talked about an action movie in Black Widow. Um, like early on, she sprains her ankle.
0: <laughs> yeah. And,
1: and like in several chase scenes, like like a forty-five-year-old woman with a sprained ankle, like is limping after people and struggling to like jump over a fence. And so that's not what this is. This isn't kind of a, you know, an HBO action series. This isn't Game of Thrones. Um, this is kind of very, very much gritty realism. Um, but instead of that, what you see is the thick web of relationships that exists in small town America, even Christopher, despite kind of the, the ru- living in the ruins of the sexual revolution, right? Like most of these families um, are riven by divorce, Remarriage, mm. teenage pregnancies, out of wedlock births, um, and yet they um, they they cling to each other. You you do see this tense web, and it's that web that makes it so fascinating, right? Um, I mean, uh, five episodes in, Christopher, there were half a dozen people that were that that could plausibly have done it, right? Because everyone's got secrets, <laughs> um, you find, right? And and that smacks me as as very real, and also uh, to kind of Tie this together with a theme of, uh, of Black Widow, right? The yearning for family. Um, there is a yearning for family. These people need each other um, in the in their brokenness in kind of working class America, where there is drug addiction, broken families, custody battles, um, heartache. All this stuff. Um, you still see a desire for family, both both biological family and in tight knit community. Um, there's also a a, a, a overtly christian aspect to this movie i don't know that there any of these writers are christian but one of the um suspects is a deacon at the local catholic church and that catholic church ends up playing kind of a an important role um in in the show do you want to say anything about that
2: no what did you have (laughs) what did you have to 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 say oh it's just
1: interesting um so Hollywood likes to make hay out of the sex abuse sure. yeah. um, crises. And this is just a minor spoiler, but that's not what this um, show ends up being about. It's not. Um, yeah. And in fact, uh, that, that accusation turns out to be unfair and unfounded. Um, the, the deacon is just trying to do ministry in his own broken way. Yeah. Um, and the church is a source of community in the community. And it's kind of upheld as such. I mean, kind of yeah. one of the climactic moments happens in the church right it's a sermon (laughs) on reconciliation and the need for trust and love and community yeah i mean as generic as an hbo show can be right it's not going to be an altar call where um you need the blood of christ for the forgiveness of your your sins right so we can only ask hbo to do what it can do right right didn't you didn't you find that interesting
2: yes yeah definitely yeah and like all good mysteries um like they they don't uh, I mean, there. I think it's bad mysteries that only cast suspicion on a few people and right. are, and also um, manipulate their viewers into feeling really good about themselves for like, okay, they're like two possible people, and like we're giving right. you so many breadcrumbs that you feel really pleased with yourself for figuring it out. <laughs> exactly. That's 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 bad mystery. Like good mysteries, um, like do a good job of casting suspicion upon many people um, and only give you kind of um, only kind of uh, really don't allow you to solve it. (laughs) Right. Yes. Like they, they, they give you the information so, so deliberately that like, it's not really solved in your mind until like, it's clear who, who it is. So um, I appreciated that about it. Question. Did Meg like it? Yeah, I think so. We haven't talked. We just finished it last night, so we we haven't oh. had a ch- um we haven't had a chance to talk. Oh, you just
1: it. so it's super fresh.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, the last episode was spectacular. Yeah, yeah, I thought I
1: thought that was really good. Um, let's not spoil anything, but let me yeah. just ask you about the reveal. Was it plausible yet shocking?
2: Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree.
1: Um, and and
2: heartbreaking. Like yeah. in, in like every in like everything in the in yeah. this this town was was heartbreaking.
1: Now I yeah. did just say that it was it's not an action cop show, but the but the the action climax is super cool and super well done, and and Mayor is awesome. Like she does kind of a cool thing, um, just, despite being a forty five year old hobbled, yeah. you know, ex athlete, right. It, yeah. it is it is really cool. So I thought that was well done. It was well earned, and it happens suddenly, right? Like when they come upon the suspect, it escalates faster than I was ready for. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I, I wasn't ready for that, and
2: that I thought that was well done by the writers and and just well produced in the, in that regard. And um, Mare is like clearly haunted by a lot of things, but she isn't like this horrible antihero. You know, like who's who's just like yeah like. Who has so many kind of uh, not it's not that she has any she doesn't have any skeletons in the closet, but like so so often we have these antiheroes who are just like kind of jerks and th- yeah. you know all these things like where she's she's trying her best.
1: There is a bit of um uh, I guess a western trope where at some point a trope in westerns is um in order to secure justice, <laughs> sometimes you got to break the law right 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 and and there's a bit of that, right? Like she does a thing. I think there's like several episodes in a row where she's been told like, back off, you're done. Um, You you need to take a leave of absence. And, um, and it takes enormous courage to do what she did, which is, and it's probably foolhardy, right? It just turns out to have paid off. She's like, you know what, forget that. Like, yeah. um, My, you know, what's the point of my life if I can't solve these cases? Yeah. and that was i I thought that
2: was so so everyone uh i know like back in the day to say something is on hbo is to say like oh well i'm never gonna get that because i don't have cable or this or that but um uh hbo max is a streaming service that uh, is is you know one of the best I like it may be the best it's certainly better than netflix so if you're paying for netflix cancel it and get hbo max
1: what do you think about guy pierce I didn't completely understand that character, the love yeah. interest, the writer.
2: <laughs> yeah, with it, all the praise that we're throwing in. Yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of he's kind of there to. Yeah. I
1: don't know why he's there, and he yeah. seemed weird and creepy and not real. Right. Like right. he's too good. I don't. Know. Yes, I agreed. Like yeah. everyone else is just limping along in their life, right? Well, but like,
2: but the, <laughs> but that's him as well, Kirk. Is that like? Okay. Um, he wrote a good book, like. 30 years ago or whatever. And like, he hasn't done anything significant since, which sort is like why I pierce the actor.
1: <sighs> oh, boo. I'm sorry. All right.
2: Go ahead. Which is why he's in East town. <laughs> like, it, like it, it goes to show that like no one would choose to go to East town, but that's like your last stop. Like your star has faded so much that, um, like the only place you can get a job teaching anymore, because you haven't had anything productive in, in your career, uh, oh yeah i love that man i i kind of like i stunk at everything else so i guess
1: i'm just teaching
2: now (laughs) yeah so i think that's why he was there but yeah he he seemed a little too good of like this this just like selfless guy who's just like super nice to her and proof that time march is on when did that happen right right
1: right holy
2: cow yes yeah (laughs) he looked like he aged uh uh, 50 years you know and
1: kate winslet which they obviously leaned into that. I, I started yeah. noticing scenes when she was completely without makeup, like mm. intentionally. Yeah. And even without like the bare, like the bare minimum actor's makeup, you know, for the camera. Yeah. Like yeah. they made and, sure she looked like all of her 45 years, yeah. which I'm sure she could look good right now. If she oh yeah. To,
2: yeah. And, and I, I'm sure that she drank a lot of beer in like training, like, she didn't, <laughs> you know, some people train by going to the gym. I think she like drank a lot of beer to train for, for this role.
1: She's like, all right. You see, like her agent pitches it, she's like, all right. Well, how shall I prepare? And the agent's like, well, there's this Pennsylvania brewery. It's called Yung Lung. You're gonna need to drink a bunch of it to get into character. She's like, okay. But yeah, she really even pulled off like a you know a like a Philly accent. You know, oh, it was great. It was water, amazing. Water,
2: water yeah, that stuff. Yeah. All right, we're going long. Yep. Shall we end in prayer? Let's. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you are always more ready to hear than we to pray and to give more than we either desire or deserve. Pour down upon us the abundance of your mercy, forgiving those things which our conscience is afraid and giving us those good things for which we are not worthy to ask, except through the merits and med- mediation of jesus christ our savior who lives and reigns with you and the holy spirit one god forever and ever amen amen O god and father of all whom the heavens whom the whole heavens adore let the whole earth also worship you all nations obey you all tongues confess and bless you and men women and children everywhere love you and serve you in peace through jesus christ our lord amen, amen. the grace of our lord jesus christ and the love of god and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. Next week, Kirk. Next
0: week.